2: Daily Faceoff
0: podcast comes courtesy of the Nation Network. Here's your host Brock Segan,
1: with Dylan D. Berthum and Michael Beeds bondi Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to season seven, episode four of the Daily Faceoff podcast, presented to you by our friends at Fan Tracks. Make sure during this September you ditch Yahoo, you ditch ESPN, Tell you move to over to Fan Tracks. If you do, you. Get an exclusive chance at winning an autographed Nathan McKinnon jersey. Beebs, I know that makes you excited. Yeah. All you gotta do is register for Fantracks at fantracks.com slash DFO, and you'll be automatically entered for free to win a signed Nathan McKinnon jersey. So
0: you think it's like the fourth time I've heard about it, but I just get more excited each time. How so, many um,
1: accounts have you made at Fantracks?
0: But um I don't really wanna give my secrets away, but let's just say double digits doesn't do it any justice. Um Look out, McKinnon jersey. You'll be fitted on this rig in no time.
1: So you've heard from Biebs. We've obviously got Dylan D. here as well. How's it going, Dylan?
2: Good. Happy to be here on a very TJ Oshi edition of the Daily Off podcast.
0: He's got his Jays tarp on as well. Um, yeah, Jays are, are killing it, so he's got a perma-smile all Yeah, season,
2: all season seven, uh, you know, tough... Tough season as far as you know, linking up the, the title name to a jersey number. But yeah, you Foley, did well to Foley last week. I think we forgot to mention. We it
0: didn't. Though. Yeah, I knew there was a seventy three we needed. But, yeah.
2: yeah, and then Oshi this week is nice. But I'm doing good. Yeah, happy to be here. Good, good. So uh,
1: just before we start today's episode, we next week will be a scrub. Like to apologize a little bit for last week, we, like I mentioned earlier in the episode, we were dusting off the equipment that we haven't used in a while. Literally, dust. It was our first like... face. It was our first face to face episode <laughs> in over a year. Um, So yeah, we had uh, some kinks to work out. We got some feedback about uh, a little bit of audio issues. We do apologize. I also apologize for the cricket. Um, To do that justice this week, I sprayed this garage every single day for crickets. Yeah, And at this moment in time, that it be known that there is no cricket, and if there is one, we will we will hunt it down.
2: Yeah, yeah. tons of poisonous chemicals floating in the yeah. air. Yeah, so sure. if it's we pass be out mid episode, it's
1: supposed to be sprayed indoors. So yeah. I don't okay. Think there's I, no way it's just killing a yeah. cricket
2: on sight, and there's like no carcinogens coming out, out of that.
1: It's supposed to keep. Them you tell me, out. I'm eating a you burrito. You literally bowl.
2: told me you saw two like making a break for the door, and you just <laughs> doused them. See ya. Unheard reports.
1: But uh, anyways, today's episode yeah. is left-wingers. Uh, we are going to break down, just like we did last week um, for the centers, our top 15 consensus left-wing rankings, as well as our breakouts, sleepers, and busts at the position. Um, and then, yeah, we'll be off to the right-wingers in the next episode. So
0: I guess we never really explained. So we were doing basically um, Skype or Zoom episodes for the last yes. year and a bit, Um but yeah, we're back in the uh, the Wood Jersey Studio, um, and stuff uh, stuff <laughs> feeling good here. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: but let's get to it because you know last week centers was pretty excited. Like, yeah. I I feel like there's especially in the top fifteen because there's so many good centers. There's a lot of arguments to be made about who should be ranked where. It almost
0: um, makes the wingers hurt more because they're not quite as. Deep.
1: You know, I, I think the right wings episode next week is or. Maybe not next week. Next episode is going to be a little bit more controversial. I think there's a little bit more arguments to be made about certain guys. Left-wingers, everybody seems to kind of fall into place, at least at the top. And then after that, it kind of just falls off a cliff. Um, But yeah, without any further ado, let's get into our consensus top 15 left-wingers. Oh, yeah. So at the top, uh, we all have ranked number one, Our Artemi Panarin of the New York Rangers um, heard him I have a couple days ago I actually had Ovechkin up there still uh, but the more I thought about it the more I went over my projections I kind of just uh, I kind of just couldn't do it I don't think I just the advancing. you're just to trying to be, be edgy, edgy. Uh, not even edgy I just I still think Ovechkin has a very real chance of leading the NHL in goals this year like you'd yeah. it'd be, it'd be insane to not think that and there's a tremendous amount of value in that but Panarin's just been so consistent every single year throughout his NHL career. Missed 14 games last year due to a combination of injuries and kind of some, uh, you know, other factors, but still put up 58 points in 42 games, 17 goals, 41 assists. The year before that, his first year with the Rangers, 95 points. So uh, I just think just the point production has kind of reached a level for Artemy Panarin where he can kind of make up the difference in goals uh, with Ovechkin. So To me, they're very, very close, one and two. Um, I have Panera number one, as you guys do as well. Um, If we want to just move down really quickly, just to kind of stir up an argument here. (laughs) um, Biebs, you're the only one that actually has Brad Marchand ranked ahead of Ovechkin. So we'll let you start here. Just kind of talk about all three of these players, because they seem to, well number you know what let's just skip ahead too, because Jonathan Huberto is a consensus number four for all of us and I think you guys would agree with me here that this is a, a, a clearly defined tier at the top with Panarin, Ovechkin, Marsha, and Huberto and then it kind of starts to weaken from there but so Beeps, me and D were in lockstep with our top four you're the only one that went a little different so just talk about these top four and how it kind of fell in place for you
0: yeah absolutely I mean Panarin um You went there. It just for for me. It's just the overall the point production we've seen it so steady the last couple years. He's just in that elite tier. That just boosts him up for to one for me. I'm always um, I'm an ageist. Some people call me, um, which I apologize if we have any older fans. But for me, um, I just assume Ovechkin's always gonna, um, you know, not not, the uh, the decline's got to happen eventually. And for me, um, it just. The 27-point gap between Marshawn and Ovechkin last year was just too much not to put Marchand ahead of him. At that point, we're really... Actually, Marshawn outscored Ovechkin last year by five goals. Um, actually kind of bonkers. And for me, I almost considered even sliding Marshawn into that one hole. That first line in Boston is absolutely filthy. I tripped the shit out of Bergeron last week because, again, I'm an ageist. But um, <laughs> with Pasternak there, that line is, is, is gross. And I don't think we see anything changing there. There's, in hockey nowadays, you can never really get that line that's going to stick together all year unless you're looking at Colorado or Boston 1. Other than that, there's there's not too many that stand out as, as together. Maybe one out in Dallas there, but we'll talk about that later. Um, and for me, it's just, you know, Marshawn, easy to. Um, uh, once he, he goes up there in age a bit, I'll, I'll start shooting him down my list. But for now, um,
1: I don't think you're an ageist as much as you are maybe a fantasy ageist.
0: Oh, I'm a fantasy agent. I, I love like get me get me out there. give get me a bingo. You're I like, thrive.
2: <laughs> I, I feel like March is a little older than you, than you than you might realize. He's pretty so. old. He's
0: thirty three now, I yeah, imagine? 34. Yeah. Yeah, okay.
2: Um yeah,
0: but Ovi's like what? Thirty six. Four hundred and eight. Yeah, perfect. Nailed it. We were both Exactly there, but no, um, I I don't know. It's just the the extra assist for me just helped Marshawn out. Considering he outscored Ovi last year, um, it, it just it's uh, if we're pushing for goals, if I can get that for sure, you know, double assist production from uh, from someone like Marshawn, I'm gonna go with it. And uh, the only thing you really have to worry about for him is just suspensions, um, and you know we can we can get past that.
1: And then uh, D, you obviously, I already kind of made my case for Pan and Ovechkin ahead of Marshawn. What about you? What what did it for you?
2: Yeah, I mean, to your point, I agree with you. I think Panarin's kind of um, you know, put himself into the category of, of guys that, you know, you could definitely um imagine uh, or envision getting 100 points this season and, you know, you can probably count on one hand the amount of guys that uh, are reasonable threats to do that. So, um yeah, like, like you said, I, I I think, you know, his point production has just elevated him uh beyond that next level even though, you know, he's shown us uh and it is a valid point to bring up. He's I think his career high is 32 goals, but the fact that he is still co- so consistent at goal scoring at that level, I, consistently coming in at tw- around 28, 30 goals yep. every single season, uh, and you know he's going to be up around you know just shy of an assist every yeah. game, basically. So
0: actually, kind of bonkers. Before last year, he hadn't dipped below twenty seven goals in six years, so that's yeah. pretty uh, includes his rookie season. Yeah, and
2: then obviously his the shortened seasons, right? So yeah. really consistent goal scorer, um, and yeah, always a chance for him to pop off if he takes on more of a of a shooting role, but uh, tends to defer and, you know, create opportunities for his line mates, which, um, makes a lot of sense and, you know, speaks to his point production, but, uh, yeah. And then Ovi over Marshan, um, yeah, Beavs makes a lot of great points. Marshan had a phenomenal season last year, um, showing no signs of aging, just like Ovi. Uh, and yeah, you know, probably just like, uh, just like Panarin, right. Has, has the ability to kind of threaten or push for, uh, 100 points, but, uh, like the fact that Ovi had a down year last year, and he was still on pace, you know, over a full eighty two for over forty goals, uh, and I, I, just think like you know, you look at the numbers, he's still shooting off the charge. Nothing really in his underlying numbers has tailed off. So, uh, I just know I personally would never be able to draft Martian ahead of Ovechkin. <laughs> so yeah, that's why that I, makes sense. I, yeah, 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 but I, I definitely, I have no, uh, I got no I bad blood in that one. I definitely see the logic for it, but uh, yeah, I just think you know. Obviously, if you had to make a straight-up bet on who's going to score more goals this year, Beebs, I'm assuming you would say Ovechkin still, even though, yeah. obviously, Marchand. The shot production is yeah. just, a, yeah. Yeah, and that's yeah. the other thing, too, right? In shots, leagues, like, But if we're doing you know, points, I'd
0: put um, my leg, my left arm, and uh, yeah, my like, right ear on the line yeah, for Yeah, you could put Shani your mortgage points. on
2: Ov being in the top yeah. five for shots. I don't have one, one of those,
0: so now I'm end just end putting body it. parts.
2: Well, about your mortgage? Oh, like okay. The collective.
0: Well, body parts are down. Yeah. Yeah.
1: it's interesting actually because um, you know for the most part I kind of just I do my project my projections every year and then I kind of just let the math do the talking and I try to take my personal opinion um, out of my rankings. But um, Marshawn did come out slightly ahead of Ovechkin for me, but I'm in the same boat as you. So that was one of the minor tweaks <laughs> I made to the math, um, and I and I moved Whoa. Ovechkin up just because. Are you it, a it, mathist? It, it it came down to you know I was just looking at the same as UD, like it's like. On draft day, in that situation, am I going to be able to pull that trigger on Marshawn over Ovechkin? No and I just, I didn't really picture myself, you know, being able to do that. So, uh, for me, see, I'd just, pull that trigger all day,
0: like close my eyes, yank it. I'm fine with it.
1: <laughs> At four, we've got Jonathan Huberdeau. Uh, all four of us. Jonathan Huberdeau has been remarkably consistent uh, as well. Last three years, he's been on pace for 91.9 points. Per 82 games. Um, so just ridiculous production from, from Huberto, really kind of elevated himself into another tier in those last couple of years. Um, and, and, you know, when you look at a guy that in, in this group, we, we, we group him in the same tier with these other guys. But if there is one guy that could really take that next step, it is Huberto. Huberto is a guy that could 100% push for his first career 100-point season this year. Easy. Um, not a guy that scores a ton of goals, but one of the best playmakers in the NHL. And, um, you know, averaging 92 points for 82 games over the last three years is not that far off. We all know the Florida Panthers got a lot better this offseason as well. So, Huberto, consensus number four for us, a guy that's been incredibly consistent. Do you guys have anything to add no. to Huberdeau?
0: I'd love to see a few more shots. That'd be great. And I think that's what could really take him to that next level where we get him to 100 points. But... You know what? There's a lot of nice pieces around here, and we could uh, only get so excited about Shasha Barkov. So much, by the way, interviewed by Daily Face Off today. Yeah, that um,
2: was. Let's just go to that and
1: briefly. Yeah. Frank Sarvalli, obviously at the uh, NHL player. Ever meetings. heard of him? Yeah, yeah. and uh, it's just it was cool just to see. Like you know, I've been doing this for like a decade now, and at first it was just a. A website started here yeah. in Windsor, and now all of a sudden we we got pictures of Daily Faceoff introducing talking to Nathan, Nathan McKinnon, viewing, Nathan McKinnon, Alexander Barkov. Like, this is what we've been working for. It, it, it was cool for me. I was sitting there. I'm like, this is this is insane. But um, I'm not going to guess. No
2: wings me. made the cut, though. Unfortunately, yeah, uh, not today. Yeah,
1: but uh, <laughs> D. De- Anything to add on Huberto really
2: quick? Well, I just think the one thing that could really unlock his potential at this point is, you know, him actually getting obviously more run alongside Barkov. Uh, Last year they played, you know, just under 90 minutes together at 5v5 and over 600 minutes each away from each other. So, you know, they've been pretty set these last few years on letting them each kind of drive and and, and play on their own line. Uh, It's really been a couple of years since we saw them get a, a nice long run together and the fact that Hubertos, you know, had no problem maintaining above a point production uh, without playing uh, against Barkov at five-e-five, obviously, like you said, just speaks to his, uh, you know, his talent and his production and, and what he's done the last few years, but uh, also to his upside, right? Like the, they're obviously so deadly together on the man advantage. Yep. You understand the logic. That's not going to change. Yet. Yeah, they've done so well on separate lines, so again, it's not something that I'm expecting uh, to happen. But you talk about, you know, he seems like the guy uh, that could, you know, take his. Play and his production to you know beyond where it's at currently and, and joining that upper echelon. I think that's you know the most plausible route to it happen is if he does get reunited to Barkov. So it obviously helps when you see a guy like this and you feel like there's more unlocked potential and then there's also some logic behind it on how it could possibly happen because he's been playing on the second line for the last couple of years now.
1: Yeah, it, it, and he's got the same level of production as these guys ahead of him, and you know we're we're kind of putting him in the same tier. But when you t- take a look at the ADPs right now, he's really coming at a great value on draft day. It kind of makes you okay with drafting. Maybe it's a Vasilevsky if you want to reach on a goalie or or being okay with taking a center in the first round. Because you've got our Temi Panarin, Fantrax ADP right now, 13, 9.8 on Yahoo. ADP for, for both sites is 11.4. Uh, Ovechkin, 13.3. Marshawn, 10.3. And then Huberto at uh, 18.9. So almost, you know, eight spots after these guys. So uh, same level production, same tier for us, but just going so much later. But anyways, let's move into our five, uh, our fifth spot story. Yeah,
0: it's where it gets juicy.
1: So we have a little bit of differing opinions here at number five, uh, but the consensus number five is clearly Jake Gensel. Uh, coming in a couple spots ahead of Alex DeBrincat and Kirill Kaprizov, who tied uh, for our number six spot. Uh, but I had DeBrincat ranked at five, so we bumped him into our six. So Jake Gensel at five, Alex DeBrincat at six, Kirill Kaprizov at seven. Um, you guys both had Gensel at five, so I'll let you guys start D. Um, J- Jake Gensel obviously obviously been another guy similar to Huberdo, just with a little bit less production. That's just been remarkably consistent. Uh, over the last few years. Obviously, the luxury of playing with Sidney Crosby uh, helps his case for being a top-five left winger this season. So, a uh, little bit more, I guess, why you have Gensel ahead of Kaprizov and Alex DeBrincat.
2: Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, we, we really tooted this guy's horn hard last year. I think we were probably higher on him than most. I think his ADP was somewhere in the 40s or, or 50s last season. Um, or maybe even lower, because obviously he was coming off the injury, but... Uh, yeah, we were just, you know, kind of highlighting the fact that he'd been a point-per-game player for going on uh, a couple, two, three years now. And last mm-hmm. year, he followed it up. And, uh, and yeah, I, I just think he's so incredibly consistent. He's locked down alongside Crosby, and he scores a lot of goals, too. Um, you know, usually right around uh, a half a goal a game, 40-goal pace. Fell off that uh, a bit last season, but uh, still 23 goals in 56 games, 34 assists uh a to total 57 points and uh, yeah, over uh, or right in line with the point per game going back in the last three seasons now. So uh, to me, like after he gets out of that top four, um, yeah, like you said, it, it was a very obvious tier um, for that top four, but to me, Gensel uh, is, you know, definitely the, the best of the rest just because I think he offers pretty similar goal scoring upside to DeBrincat. Obviously that's the big um, sell there with the DeBrincat, right? That's his huge upside. Uh, it was, you know, he has the potential to score a ton of goals. Last year, 32 goals in just 52 games, career high of 41 and 82 before that. So uh, yeah. And we've also seen what happens when, you know, he's not shooting at 18 or 20% for the season. Uh, 2019-20 had just 18 goals in 70 games uh, when he shot 8%. So uh, great goal scorer, but you know, he's, We've talked about some guys tonight, Panarin's an example, who, very reliable goal production, and, you know, Panarin does tend to shoot in 15-16% range uh, in terms of shooting percentage. Uh, Debrinkat, you know, has kind of shown that he, you know, shot production's nice, it's great, it's not completely elite, he does need to kind of really score at a nice clip uh, to be, you know, at that elite goal scoring rate of half a goal a game for better. Uh, and yeah, he's already shown a tendency or we've seen a season for him where he just went cold for the full year. So, uh, a little bit more concern there as opposed to Gensel. like I said, I just think he's going to play the full year with Crosby. He's rock solid to be, uh, a point per game player. And, uh, yeah, I just, I, I, I I love him at number five there for the left wings. Like I said, I think he's, uh, hands down the, the best of the rest. And just a bit safer than the other guys. Obviously, off with the contract. One yeah.
0: thing these guys actually both have going for them too, which is huge. Um, not many left wingers have it either. Is they play over twenty minutes a night. There's not many at all, including the likes of Ovechkin, Marshawn, panner and that played. They all played under twenty last year, and all these guys played just a bit over twenty. Um, you know that that's not too bad, and that also helps all production numbers, as we know. Um, D, you basically nailed it on the head for me there. Um, I'm not going to add much more to that, other than the fact that you know. Gensel to but I do think that Brinkat has that ability to be the next um, Alex Alex Ovechkin esque type scorer, not at the same level, but just uh, in a couple of years he might be the the guy we're looking at always as that goal that number one goal production guy in the league. But at the same time, like you said, there was a year of coldness, and uh, as as an owner of Brinkat for multiple years, that year of cold really hurt, almost led to dropping him and not keeping him. Um, but then again, it's just it that, that it's just so hard to you know stay away from that natural goal production. Already has a forty point or a forty goal a year under his belt, but um, Jake Gensel just takes it above him. Being being with Sid helps it, and you know just everything there. Um, plus playoff Jake, you gotta hope that comes out during the year.
1: <laughs> like I mentioned, I I kind of just let the numbers fall where they may, and, and just go with um go with it. And these two uh, could not be ranked any more similarly. In, in, you know, if it was really up to me, I probably would still take Gensel over to Brinkat. Uh, but the, the reason I I ended up with Dabrinket over him, I just think that we've seen kind of just what Jake Gensel does at his best. And it's terrific. But Dabrinket just still seems like he has a, a next level. Like last year, granted, he shot 20.8, 20.6%. Ooh. But if you extrapolate those numbers, what he did last year, over 82 games, he was on a 50-goal pace. Um, and there's only a handful of guys in this league that you can say a, legitimately have a chance at 50 goals. Is he going to shoot 20% again this year? Probably not. But even if he settles back into his career average of 15, um, he's probably going to score 40. I just think that he has kind of just a a little bit more upside. Uh, But I think, you know, in projections, what they normally are is just kind of an average, right? And when you look at these two guys based on, you know, time on ice and and everything, they boil down to basically the exact same. So right now I have Dabrinka at 37 goals, Gensel at 36, Debrinkat with a handful more assists, uh, but a little bit better power play production and a little bit more shots on goal from uh, Debrinkat. So, neck and neck. Up. Could it be closer? Gensel more assists? Yeah, I was going to say, you, yeah, you said you Debrinkat. Said I was like, thinking oh, that. My apologies. Like, oh, my apologies. No, oh, sorry. That gets so, it juicy. No, no. 36 assists. I can, I'll just say it. 36 assists for Debrinkat. 42 uh, for Gensel. So, neck right. and neck there. Not just a juicy. little bit more power play production from Debrinkat. A couple more shots on goals. If you're in those category leagues, it's just a little bit of a difference, but they couldn't be any closer. But I just, I think if you if you were really talking about the ceiling for both of these guys, I, I just think to bring cats is a little bit higher, but so is the floor. So undoubtedly a riskier pick. It, I guess it kind of just boils down to how you're feeling on draft day and how risky you want to get. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov comes in at number seven for us. Uh, he again rankings yeah, wide, a toughie. Consensus ranking wise, tied for uh, with Dubrincat for us, uh, but it was a clear top seven if you look at our rankings. Um, and Kaprizov obviously is a bit of a tough one here, uh, still unsigned. So realistically, I, I think he has just as good of a chance to be, you know, finish as a top five left winger uh, as Gensel and Dubrincat. He he showed that he was just absolutely insane uh, last year, <laughs> but. Just he doesn't have a contract right now, and I—I I just at this point in time, I'd have a hard time. Yeah, you him can't read Russians, party, man. Like, I can't describe
2: know. like yeah, he's a little bit older, but he was still what 20, 23 last season. I can't describe how impressive it is to to come in as a rookie in your first season and push a point per game pace. Do what he with did. these Minnesota Wild, like <laughs> yeah, I like w- with the players he's playing around with, Bunch like Joel Eriksson Ek. I'm pretty sure was his most common. Uh, Dole, Victor Rass, probably, oh, Victor Ras probably much better. Yeah, okay, yeah, much no, yeah. better. <laughs> like, yeah, no, that, fantasy big, relevant. You He
1: did get to play with Eriksson Ek because they use Eriksson Ek almost exclusively yeah. with Foligno and, and um, Greenway.
2: Yeah, like he's driving the play and he's their best goal scorer. Uh, i just it, it's remarkable i i just feel like there's you know I, I can't wait to watch him play more is how i feel about Kaprizov. uh and i did have him ranked about the bring you know obviously just kind of expected him to be signed Signed, yeah uh because we're this early i didn't put too much stock into that obviously as we get closer to fantasy drafts you' got something inside. you have to keep an eye on yeah absolutely uh yeah definitely worth mentioning obviously and uh yeah that's the big question mark right now at this point not too worried about it there's lots of time to get the deal done there's not doesn't seem to be a lot of concern coming out of uh, you know, that it that it won't be. The get latest
1: thing they said was there is a lot of challenges to trying to get him over here and it's not it's not going to be easy. He's he's oh. signed he's signed back oh. in the KHL. Like, he's he's already signed with the team in the KHL. Is it a bargaining move there? Maybe, but he you know, he's if he doesn't sign with Minnesota and goes right back to the K H L, he goes right back to the KHL. Okay. Like, well there is
2: some real concern then. Yeah. <laughs> um
1: I still think like I, I still think that the concern isn't like, super, super high. Yeah. But, it's more than, like, some of these other unsigned RFAs, right? Like, it's just a little bit different when you're dealing with Russian players, and especially one that, I think, I think you got a one-year, $10 million deal to go back to the KHL.
2: How about we offer sheet this guy? I'd give a first and a third for Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? (laughs) I'd give the moon for this guy. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I'm right there with you guys. Yeah, I'd
2: throw him, give him a nice, like, three-year, like, $9 million hit or something ridiculous like that.
1: Oh, I'd overpay him. Yeah. (laughs) Like, for do what, it on a short term, for you know, like so Cockney, they have trouble yeah, matching then it, can but, bridge them. yeah. For what Cockney Emmy got there, like six million for him. I, Give it up. I, for I don't know. Camilo, I don't the know the thrill. Come on. That's oh, what I'm yeah. saying. Love him. Well,
0: if we're talking. I mean, it would those, be more if you're signing. Say, if we're talking any, those rates, that, then Krills were twenty-one million. Yeah, I, I still <laughs> just
2: think he's outstanding. I hope they get him signed because, like I said, I, I just want to see him play more, and I would love to yeah. have him on my fantasy team. Yeah. I was gonna
0: say, as much as I do get the KHL on his it's not as fun to watch as. Creel might be in the NHL. So, yeah. So, please, please come do that.
1: He's a little bit below Dobrikat and Gensel just in projections-wise for me. 37 goals, 35 assists, 70, uh, 73 points for Kaprizov. Uh So,
2: stud. That, that's just stud. kind of like
1: what you could bank on, I think, right? Like, he he could really go yeah. based uh, on have a 90-point season.
2: Yeah. And, yeah.
0: and I'm pretty sure at the age of 26 or 27 whatever he is there's no such thing as a sophomore slump you're just not allowed to have one of that age he's 24 so. there we go 24 I know yeah, yeah. well the thing is I guess i the back. only concern too so that was like rookies 10 years ago that's what I'm saying
1: I guess here's the only concern that I have with Kaprizov we talk about Gensel we talk about Debricat. you're gonna have Gensel basically tied at the hip with Crosby all season long yeah
2: as long as DeBrinquet, he's healthy Gensel's almost, Cros-
1: almost certainly is going to be with Patty Kane
2: Marco Rossi, probably yeah we're
1: gonna have Marco Rossi coming to the NHL, <laughs> or Victor Ras, or Ryan Hartman,
0: Joel yeah, Eriksson. It's not getting much better.
1: They're never gonna do that. They love that. Shutdown they need line.
2: a. They right. need a better second winger. But they they could just rock It could be a Tatar, Gallagher. Bro- Brock, I think right there you. I I
0: don't just. You explained why he's in the next tier, though. Well, and him. I don't think he's even in the next tier. I think he is
1: in this tier. I think. He, I think it's Gensel de Brinkat, and then um. Connor? Maybe a little bit of a drop off, but I, w- I, according to my rankings, according to Beebs' rankings, Kyle Connor would be in that list. You had Kyle Connor a little bit lower D, but Kyle Connor, spoiler alert, comes in at number eight. Now, this is kind of where I'm higher than this Krill. is kind of where we get off the track a little bit when it comes to the general consensus, the general public in terms of ADP. Um, I, I we talk about this every year. I have no clue why Kyle Connor gets no respect in fantasy circles. No. All the guy does is score goals. Right now, ADP He gets no is,
0: respect like in any hockey circle. How little do you hear about Kyle Connor? It's, it's insane. Yeah. 48.8 on fan score. tracks,
1: 49.8 on Yahoo for an ADP of 49.3. That is um, over a full round later than Kaprizov. Almost two, 20 picks after Gensel and Debrinkat right now. No respect whatsoever. Is he
0: not flashy? Like, does he need to hire me as his PR guy, get his word out there? Like, Kyle Connor is good. I saw Kyle H- Connor is great. Kyle I Connor's a hilarious good. Good.
1: tweet today. I think it was from Jets Nation. Somebody released like they released the TNT like ESPN yeah. broadcast yeah. and it, saw almost, Connor got almost, a few games. No almost no Canadian team gets any games. The Jets got none. Connor got and, six. And they were just like, really? Like, we have like four of your American Olympians on our team. And you're going to get zero, we're going to get zero games. It's incredible. But it's um, Kyle Connor, just absolutely outstanding. He had 26 goals, 50 points last year. Uh, he scored in each of the two really like full length seasons and then the kind of full length seasons. He scored 30 goals or 30 plus goals in each of those seasons. It's a 30 goal machine. Definitely a guy that could get to,
0: get to 40. Um. Gets absolutely no yeah. respect in fantasy circles. You guys have anything to add on Kyle Connor? Nope. Dee's brother once met him at a Kenny, Kenny Chesney concert. Yeah, I actually um, was going to add that. Yeah.
2: My My whole family, <laughs> I wasn't there, but. What a miss. Yeah, what a miss. Just, what it? A, miss what very, a miss. Yeah, they were tailgating, and some guy came over, and People I don't know. People don't talk, but they got to like talking, and he was like, Oh, my brother's here. He plays in the NHL. I'm like, Oh, yeah, he plays in the NHL. What's his name? And they're like, You know, Kyle Connor. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Oh, yeah. you my, heard of them. My, my brother just immediately looks over, and it's just, yep, yeah, There's Kyle Connor. Standing Starts right there. profusely sweating, shaking. Yeah. So they took a couple of my dad's, my dad's hot dogs, and every time he scores a goal against the Maple Leafs, my dad goes, "Hot dog, boy!"
0: So, <laughs> well, you yeah. know that those goals came from those hot dogs. Yeah, yeah. So basically, Kyle Connor is a fantasy stud due to Dee's dad. So you're welcome, Fantasy Nation, is what we're saying. Yeah. yeah, So that is really all you guys have to add on Kyle Connor. Love firing
2: pork missiles before Kenny Chesney concerts. Yes. <laughs> That's what I wanted to say about Kyle Connor. Right, Kyle. Uh, no, I do think he's <laughs> kind of. I, I, I like Kyle Connor. I uh, yeah. I, I you know I'd probably move him up a little bit after hearing what you said. I do think it's kind of a real toss up though. After we get past Kaprazov. like uh, you know, I understand the argument for taking him above uh, the rest, but like Lannis Kog, these other guys, obviously we're gonna mention. I, I think like you can make a case for taking any of them right around that spot with uh, with Connor.
0: Yeah, I actually had Connor ranked above uh, Kaprizov, and it just for me, it's just the, I guess the stability of what we've seen the last couple years. Kaprizov's only done it one year. It could, I did say it's impossible for him to have a sophomore slump, but realistically, <laughs> it could happen. And if it does, at that point, I would, I would much rather have Kyle Connor, just way more driving pieces in Wash, er, not in Washington, in Winnipeg. Um, then we have out in Minnesota, as we've talked about. I don't want to beat the same drum, but yeah, Kyle Connor for me. I just, I, I, I just, I, I, I don't get the disrespect. I don't want to go back there, but I just, I still don't get it. Um, and uh, and for me, I just, I'll take the safe bet on him over Kaprizov just this year, especially with everything going on. So very interesting at this position. Um, so
1: projections wise, I have Kyle Connor at 38 goals, which would be seventh best, tied for sixth best actually in the NHL this season, going in like the fifth round or whatever it is, um, right behind him though is Debrinkat, Kaprizov, McKinnon, and Gensel, so all, all four of these guys, right there neck and neck, at least in my projections, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's how it boils out, I mean, these are all guys that have been kind of proven goal scorers, um, and, and it makes you wonder what the reason you would want to reach for a guy like, you know, maybe Ovechkin in the 50th overall pick, or 13th, like he's going right now, when yeah. you can get a guy like Kyle Connor, 40, you know, 49th overall several rounds later. So there's a really nice chunk here, um, at five, six, seven, eight with Gensel to bring and Caprice And then Connor, uh, moving down, we've got a couple of veterans beams. Maybe I won't let you talk about them since you don't like yeah, other guys. Apparently, I, apparently but yeah. Max Patrick up. is our consensus. Number nine, Gabriel Landis cog consensus. Oh, I number can talk about him. 10. Bro. Um, D, we'll start with you because, you, as we mentioned, you had Pacharidi ahead of Connor. You had him ahead of DeBrinquet, Uh very high on Max Pacharidi. Uh
2: yeah, I just think he's been great the last couple seasons. His, you know, his uh, last two years in Vegas, he's been over a point per game. Uh, I think he's a lock to get you right around a forty goal pace. Uh, I just think he has a little bit more goal scoring upside than Connor, so that's why I had Pacharidi above him. Uh, and yeah, you'd be surprised to actually see the amount of assists patch he's racked up since he's been in Vegas. Uh, so yeah, I just think he's become, uh, you know, he's aging like fine wine. I think he's become he is a, a aging little bit like fine wine. Yeah. A little bit more complete of a player, at least Older in terms he gets of, the more uh, he shoots his fantasy hockey and his, uh, his production, but, uh, yeah, or at least kind of back to, you know, his peak years in Montreal where he was going 30, 30 for fun each year. So, um, yeah, these last couple of years, he's really pushed his goal scoring ceiling and the assists have been right there as well. So uh, He's on a great team, as is Connor. Great power play. So, like I said, I get I get the argument, but I still think that Connor's not as clear cut above the rest of these guys. And I, I could understand taking a guy like Patchready. Like I said, I probably would, uh, depending on kind of maybe how my, my team was built out. Otherwise, if I was already a little heavy on goals and 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 uh, maybe wanted to to focus on uh, just making sure I get someone that. I can count on getting me 70, 75 points. Maybe I lean towards Connor because obviously we've seen Pacioretty. uh, His assist numbers, you know, dip off maybe seasons at a time. Uh, But yeah, ever since he's been in Vegas, like I said, that hasn't really been an issue and he's scoring as many goals as he ever has. So uh, I just think he's uh, a little bit more of a lock to, or maybe not more of a lock, but a better bet. If you're looking at someone who can, uh, you know, score at a, a goal every other game and, and uh, be close to a point per game because that's what he's done the last two years. So like him just a little bit more, and yeah, that's why I think that Connor is closer to this tier than than the one above.
1: His uh his three seasons in Vegas over an eighty two game stretch. If you if we play the extrapolation game with Max Pacioretty, uh, thirty five and thirty five, two hundred and ninety seven shots per eighty two games. One of the few guys that can really threaten three hundred shots on a season. I absolutely love Max Pacioretty. He is just extremely consistent. I, again, I, I just think with some of these other guys, I think there might be just a bit of a higher ceiling. Yep. But it, it all kind of boils down to what you're looking for, like you said on the draft, what your team's looking like. I mean, if, you, if you're drafting guys that are a little bit more risky um, and you don't want to just go all in on just pure upside – you want to get somebody a little bit more stable. You know exactly what you're getting with
2: Max. Yeah, and uh, it, we're getting to the point. Like I said, the first couple of rounds, I always, I'm always gonna lean towards the more conservative and, and safe pick because you, you know if you swing and miss on on a first round pick, uh, it's gonna be a very difficult season. Uh, Patcheri, you know, Connor, this is kind of getting to the point. You know, maybe even someone like Svechnikov, getting to the point where we're a little bit further down the draft. If you feel if you're feeling really good about the upside thing and you've already made a couple of safer picks, then maybe I I'd feel more comfortable uh, going for a guy like that. But otherwise, like I said, if you you know, there's maybe some risk laden picks in there. Maybe you took a guy like Kaprasov already who or, or someone like that similar where there's some question marks around it, uh, then you might still want to go with the more conservative choice here. But
1: as a guy with Patch ranked ahead of Connor, would you rather Patch right rate now at his current ADP thirty eight or Kyle Connor eleven picks later? Like if you could guarantee you were gonna get Connor eleven picks later, would you pass on Patch
2: yeah, like With in ter- ADP Yeah, in, ADP in terms of it. in terms of value and what you're getting bang for your buck right now in ADP and if that bleeds in auction drafts as well, then then yeah, same thing. Like I said, I think it's a toss up, right? Yeah. Like, a- and there's a couple other guys that, that we can mention that are, are right in this lane too. Landis Cog especially I think is very similar in mold to, to Patriaretti, where, you know, you can rely on what you're getting but maybe doesn't offer as upside as the couple guys behind him. Beebs, I was pretty stunned that you did not have Gabe
1: Landis Cog ranked higher than both of us. Yeah. B, or D actually had him ranked in eighth. You have him at ninth. Yeah. Uh Gabe's your boy. Big yeah. abs fan. You're gonna be rocking a sign McKinnon jersey in a few weeks' yeah. time. I mean, we, I don't think you have to sell us at Gabe Landis Cog, but no. kind of why is he, why did gonna he crack you. your
0: why did he crack your top ten? Um yeah, I'm mean, gonna I guess I'm gonna almost desell you since I, I put him uh lower than some other people on this podcast. But um I mean, this is a guy where we've seen you mentioned floor, you mentioned ceiling. We've seen it from him. We we know what we're going to get. And I think, honestly, he gets drafted a lot higher than he should in a lot of drafts. Um, that's tough to say because I would love to get him in a lot of drafts. But when he's going so incredibly high, it's hard not to. And, and we all know why. he plays. He's stuck to the hip of Nathan McKinnon. But he's actually not quite stuck to the hip of him anymore. Um, we've seen the last couple of years him come off that line when things kind of hit the fan. Things didn't really hit the fan last year. We didn't quite see it. But at the same time, he only put up a 20-32 and 32 year. Granted, that's phenomenal. It's just I don't see him as that elite scorer like I do see Patch Ready or like I do see, um, you know, Connor. Connor. Any of those guys. Connor, yeah. any of those guys. It's just it, 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 He. those guys are almost line drivers where I see him more as he's just a product of where he's going to be. He drops down that lineup at all. Um, like I mentioned, he becomes a lot more of a shutdown winger than he is just a lineman of Nathan McKinnon. And at those points, those games get kind of ugly. When you get eight games with a donut's worth of points, um, it can be ugly. At the same time, um, if he is stuck McKinnon's hip, you cannot get this produ- like that type of line production from anywhere in the league. I mentioned it earlier, besides maybe Boston 1. Um, he shoots the puck a lot, 155 shots last year. He was a plus 34. He's absolutely going to skyrocket categories like that. So you don't really have to worry. He is a consistent goal threat. He's always, but as I mentioned, you know we know where we know where he's capped at. We know what's going to happen from him um, in his best years. And uh, and yeah, and I think he deserves that spot. It's just more you know what you're getting, and uh, the other guys I just expect a little bit more from.
1: I think w- w- what's really driving his ADP right now is is, hits. is the hits. Yeah. yeah. So right now, and we're going to talk a lot about th- this on today's show, especially we're going to get to Brady Kachuk later. Um, you know, a lot of these sites like like Yahoo are going to hits as a standard category, and that's how the large majority of, of the public players are going to play. We all play in different leagues. Uh, we try to kind of just... Uh, disregard hits none of us play in hits leagues but obviously we will talk about you know players where it matters and and if it was a hits league Brady Kachuk would probably we would have already been talking about Brady Kachuk if we were really focused on hits leagues we would have oh, talked about him already but been top five
2: yeah it probably
1: would have yeah. been and top five hits
2: and shots league like forget about it like, yeah, Brady yeah. Kachuk should Who, yeah creep three, into the he
1: could go 300-300 yeah, Brady McDavid you can make an
2: argument for a first late first early second round pick yeah. for Brady Kachuk and you know depending on how many see, other categories you, out this, there. You, you have to know your league but I'm yeah I'm
0: pretty sure in a, in a hit and shots league he's arguably a, he's a, he's a locked What's well, Depends how many other yeah. categories yeah, are out there yeah, too,
2: right? Yeah. If you're playing a league with like 30 categories why, and hits and, why and why shots just saws, two of them, then you don't want to, you know, this guy's not shouldn't shoot up your shots. But yeah, if you're playing in 10 cat leagues and hits and shots are two of them, and he can get you goals and everything else as well, yeah. and untap uncapped ceiling, and yada yada yada.
1: That's why, like, it's it's fantasy the hockey autumn. at least to, like to be in our shoes um is is a little bit more difficult. And that's why last year I released, yeah, not every release that. Same. That Google sheet where you could just put in whatever your categories, whatever your scoring yeah. settings were, and it would spit out the, the new rankings because it's yeah. so hard to. against hockey leagues, everything's different. In football, you've got everything's basically the same except you maybe you get an extra point if a guy catches the football, but otherwise yeah. everything's pretty much the exact same. Where hockey it's Think a little of, bit
0: harder to there's so yeah many, I could get behind if anything, hits it's more like a defensive league in football and not a defensive league having those crazy extra yeah. options like and us being a podcast that never looks at a, a defensive league yeah.
2: Yeah. I could get behind hits more as like a fantasy stat if it was you know registered and and yeah, if there was one more consistently it, right that changes why from if you play, arena to arena there's yeah. no if you play like, in New York you're there's no lead. yeah there's no consistent definition is what a hit is right like it's not like it's just uh, a body check that causes a turnover in play Play. It's, you know, some people might think a simple rubbing is a hit. It's rubbing along the That's boards. I don't like makes it. Makes a big noise. Yeah. They're going to get a hit. If you're on the home, you're inevitably going to get scored more hits than, than you, you can would find the teams two weeks in the who
0: they have that statistician who's giving away the, the extra hits because you're looking yeah. and you're like, well, why is their first line center getting eight hits a yeah. game when he's if not? The, if the a league leader. tracked
2: and recorded hits more accurately and there was more, you know, consistent, uh, like I said, uh, yeah that's, that's
1: why that's why i'm against it too i would I, I don't want to go down this road too far because we'll get yeah. way off topic here but i agree it's just it's not a it's not a clearly defined statistic yeah a shot so you know what a shot is right exactly it's a shot on you net. don't want to lose a fantasy week because because some scorekeeper mm-hmm. had a couple beers the night before and he's just sitting there just chalking up the excel oh, yeah. spreadsheet like i more. can't
2: imagine the fear if i'm up a couple of hits and, like, it's a Sunday night game, and Ottawa's got, you know, playing, like, Detroit in Ottawa. Imagine being right? up a like, couple hits on Yeah, someone. and the other guy's got Brady Kachuk. Like, you just know it's over. Like, yeah. he's going to get scored at least 10 hits. And, like I said, it's not even, like, always yeah. ones that have an impact on a play. It's usually just the Even loudest, Brady's worst
0: game, he's dropping 10 hits. He yeah. could have zero shots on net, 12 minutes played. He's going to knock into eight different people. Yeah,
2: so I can't put any real um, stock into it as an actual stat. So it's it's Neither tough either. for me to, you know get into leagues that use it. But I totally understand, you know, the, the thought behind it, but it is, like I said, I, you know, if it's in your league, then obviously you got to plan for it. And there's guys like that who are going to consistently rack up hits, but you got you know to know how many other categories there are. That's the biggest thing, right? It, like I said, if you're in a 15, 20 cat league, or uh, are you in a points league that gives out points for 15 or 20 other things, then you shouldn't be moving a guy up your draft board three rounds just because he hits a lot. No, oh, yeah,
1: and you you got you to know your settings, and that's why we offer at Daily off uh, a way to kind of plug in your settings and get your own personalized rankings. Really quick before we move on here, uh, I just want to mention, I won a fantasy football championship last year in an individual defensive players league on, on a tackle... In the fourth quarter of the Monday Night Football game of week 16, I was watching my guy. It was the only guy left. I went into the game needing like four points from like yep. a, def- a linebacker or a defensive end or something. He got like a sack in the fourth quarter and I won. I'm like, this is the worst way to win
0: a championship. Yeah, I'm it's like, the same f- thing about Ugh. losing with a hit. I'm like the biggest fantasy like freak in the world and that just bugs me. I'm yeah. like, oh. I
1: haven't won the league like that. I'm like, yeah, it might be fun, but it's it's tough. But anyways, yeah, so that's and obviously the ripest up- tackle you have ever Oh, I, I lost my mind. It was yeah. hilarious. But, uh, 34 goals, 44 assists pace per 82 games over the last couple seasons for Landis Cog. 246 shots, which is really, really good. 130 sh- uh, hits per 82, which again, if that's a league, that's definitely what's boosting his ADP up to 33 uh, on fan tracks and Yahoo combined. Um, the other thing I just wanted to mention quickly about Landis Cog before we got off track there is, I think last year he didn't play with McKinnon quite as much as we've seen in years past because, and you would know this best as an Avalanche fan, they were a much deeper team. They lost quite a few pieces, you know, losing Sad and stuff this off season. And they might not have that luxury to move them around and kind of experiment where they did last year, where, they know what works with Landis, Cog, McKinnon, and Randon, and they're probably—I would imagine—they're going to be together uh,
0: quite a bit. This year. I'm a little worried about the opposite swing, though. You now don't have that guy on your second Could line be. to take care of it. Very you know, you man. don't have the Don Skoy who can just plug in there. He's now a, sure. he's now a crack, and you don't have sod like you mentioned. That's a massive, massive shutdown guy you need to shut down a top line, you might have to separate those two and get Landis Kog back there. He's your top
2: shutdown guy besides Kadri. So I feel like that's the one they always go back to though, yep. right? Like they always go back to McKinnon, Landis Kog. Oh yeah. It's going to yeah. almost 600 minutes together last year, a couple hundred minutes away from each other. So, you know, there might be some frustrating stretches throughout the season where they're not yeah. playing together, if but they
0: don't. Yeah. they'll but be. But even then,
2: yeah. you know, that, that power play always has five, six games a season where it has three or four goals in one game and it just yeah, yeah. goes off. Right. And, you're going to want to have Lana Sky for the nights that those happen. So, yeah, he's a little less consistent than some of these other guys. But I just think with his usage, you know, and he's a great player in his own right. Uh, he should be right around, you know, again, his point production can fluctuate a little bit. But uh, when you get to this point, and the reason I had him ranked so high there's not really a lot of guys that you can look around and, and think, okay, this guy can get me close to a point per game yeah, production a lock when you for get that. to this point in the draft. then yeah, I think, you, like you said, if he plays the full year, you know for sure if he's dropping down a little bit, maybe he's fluctuating somewhere around a 60, 70-point pace. And yeah, he doesn't get the goal scores as the guys we got above him. So uh, that's why he's not that high. But I do think, like, once you get past those guys, like I said, at this point in the draft, point per game players or even that potential to get there, very, very rare. So I, I think he might still be getting slept on a little bit.
1: All right, now we get to the point of the rankings where we do def- we definitely get off the rails. <laughs> <In terms laughs> Why don't of- we
2: recap it, to it, this it, point because we did bounce around a little bit. Maybe just read out the top 10.
1: All right, our top 10 uh, consensus rankings is as follows. Artemi Panarin from the New York Rangers, Alex Ovechkin for the Washington Capitals, Brad Marchand of the Boston Bruins, Jonathan Huberto of the Florida Panthers, Jake Gensel, Pittsburgh Penguins, Alex DeBrincat, Chicago Blackhawks, Kirill Kaprizov of the KHL, Kyle Connor <laughs> of the Winnipeg Jets. Max Pacioretty of the Vegas Golden Knights. And Gabriel Landeskog rounds out the top 10 Colorado Avalanche. Um, I know that you guys probably all knew where those players played. I just you had were, slide that. Well, Kaprasov, no, I didn't You <laughs> so. set up the joke quite well. <laughs> so, but, uh, all right, Andre Svechnikov comes in at number 11 for us. And I think I can speak for all of us in saying that we love Andre Svechnikov. We do. But the general consensus is, or other websites or whoever it may be seems to constantly be boosting his ADP up yeah. to levels that we just can't get on board with 31.9 overall right now on fan 27.9 on Yahoo <laughs> for an ADP of 29.9. I actually had Svechnikov ranked the highest of the three. I had him at nine just ahead of patch and Landis Kog. Um, and again, this is another thing that I'm just kind of looking at upside here. Uh, I, I, I think that there is still plenty of untapped potential um, but not enough to be reached yeah, it's only quite as high as he's going. Uh, last year, you know, pretty mediocre season, all things considered. 22 goal, 40 assists, 219 shot pace over an 82-game season. He actually finished with 42 points in 55 games. Not great. The only reason that I still have a lot of excitement for Svechnikov is he broke into the NHL at 18 years old. He is going to be 21 this season. So... I talked last year or last week, excuse me, about how much I love that top line of Svechnikov, Aho, and Tarasov. they broke it up a lot last year. Tarasov was hurt most of the season, but when they're together, they're unbelievable. They're one of the best lines in hockey, and I still think that there's there's room for Svechnikov to grow. Um, that's why I'm willing to take him over guys that I that I think are kind of just have reached their potential in, in Patcharetti and Landis Kog. We kind of just know what you're getting where I think Svechnikov can still break through, but it again, it's going to be kind of where you're at in the draft and how much risk you're willing to take on. Would I take him at 29 overall? Probably not. I'd probably wait around a later. Um, that's still a little too early for me. Front of the third, you know, start of the third round a little too rich.
2: Yeah, I, if it gets to the point where it's like Landeskog, uh, Pacioretty, Svechnikov on the board, uh, I can totally get, you know, at you that point, it, yep. making the jump for Svesh. But the thing is, it's not getting to that point in drafts, right? Like uh, no, he's gone. He's gone. going off the board as like the fifth or sixth left winger, which Just to let you is, is kind of you know, cool.
1: Pacioretty's ADP between the two sites is 38 Landis Cog 33 again, probably because of hits. Svechnikoff a few points ahead of uh, Landis Cog at 29.9.
2: Yeah, and the other yeah. thing about Svechnikoff is he does hit more than we give him credit for. I mean, at least according to uh, the statistics and how the Carolina home scores uh, score But no, seriously, he gets around two hits a game. Uh, so obviously that's going to help him out in Banger Leagues a little bit uh, as well. But yeah. Uh, I actually have Svechnikov as about uh, as my bust, um, so we'll get into <laughs> it. Yeah, we'll get into it now, I guess. But yeah, well, with that ranking, I mean, it's just he just yeah. And, and it, again, him. I love Svechnikov, and like I said, if it actually got to this point, I could definitely see myself pulling the trigger on him over someone like Pacioretty, uh, Orlando Scog. But he's going before all those guys, um, and yeah, it's kind of the same thing as last season, right? Like last year, he was coming into. Uh, the season is ADP. He was like uh, almost a late first, early to mid second round pick. Yeah, last year, they had him crazy, thirteenth, right? yeah. Man. So, uh, and you know, we said it last year. You know, Didn't he's a great, a- great young player. Hasn't shown us the ability to really be at that point production uh, to warrant that kind of selection. And uh, unless you're Connor McDavid in your rookie season, we're not gonna ba- we're not gonna draft you at that point based on what you haven't shown it. Especially at the top end of the draft. Like I yeah. said, I talk about it all the time. You need to draft guys that have shown you they can do that and like what happened last year right 42 points in 55 games basically stayed right around that 60 point pace he was at the year before so i, I was really expecting to see that adp fall off a lot more because he was so disappointing last year for it's like they treat his ceiling to him.
0: like it's his yeah. actual so I, i'm pretty sure i had him on the
2: bus last year too and i do love him as a player and i hate harping on i think him he so was much, a
1: consensus but. bust for us last, last year because yeah we were looking at that adp we we're like this guy's you can't we talked about it we you can't. You could can lose your draft in those first two rounds. Yeah. And if you take him on the 12th, 13th, swing, and you
2: which probably is did last, last year, you, you would have been yeah. fucked. Yeah, because he gave you the production of a guy you could have drafted in the 10th round. Yeah, right? 100. So, um. So yeah, th- and that's the real concern with Vetchenkov here. Uh, like I said, if it gets to the point, it, and it is a big difference between someone going 30th overall and someone going in the 40s or, or 50s, right? Like it's it's a it's a big big difference. Uh, you know, end of the third round, you're still drafting the cornerstones of your team. Basically, from that point out. You're looking for more complimentary pieces, and you can afford to draft the upside when they do have a, you know, a a slightly reliable floor, like Sveshnikov does, right? Uh, but it's a really, really crowded top six, top nine even. Uh, and yeah, I just, like I said, for all the points we realized, I would not be taking him as early as his ADP is. That's why I have him as yeah. a bust. Still a great player. If he fell around even just one round, two rounds later, I'd be happy to take him because obviously he has the upside. He has the potential. Uh, but yeah, until he he sees until he shows us that I'm not gonna you know draft him based on as if he's a point for game player because we haven't seen it
1: really quick. Beebs, you expressed concern about whether or not maybe Gabriel LandisCog would move down the lineup and not play with McKinnon. Oh yeah. Well, there's a way higher chance that yeah. LandisCog spends the entire season with McKinnon than there is of Svechnikov spending the entire season with Aho. That lineup they, they move so Svechnikov to to Stahl's lineup constantly.
0: So and it's worked and that's the issue. You you don't necessarily want it to work as a fantasy owner, but it does work. Um and and, and them knowing that um you know, if, if if this doesn't click 5 games in, this is a Stanley Cup contending team. They're going to need to do some things to make some things happen and uh who knows, but at the same time if it does click, we could be sitting here going, "Damn, I wish I would have got him with the 30th overall pick." But um no, I, I I think we're all in a consensus on this. We just can't we love him around, you know, the 10th best left winger on the board, 10th, 11th. But we just can't justify that 29th overall pick, which is arguably 5th or 6th best left winger out there.
1: Brady Kachuk, we kind of just mentioned him briefly. Hit the God. is insane. Shot God. The thing is, he's just, I, I still don't know how convinced I am that Brady Kachuk has like elite level offense in him. If you're no, in a hits, I'm gym, right there with you. If you're in a hits and shots league, again, unbelievable. Well, if why I do you get my, so many hits? If I pull all my projections here, hits wise, I have him at number one in the league of the projected players. 316 hits, shots 297. Real chance of going 300 and 300, which is insane. So if you're in category leagues, sure. But I have him projected for 25 goals and 29 assists, 55 points. Is that's like borderline ownable
0: in and a non-hit. Right? His
1: value comes from the hits yeah. and the shots, but the he's shots also very easy.
0: young as well. If we're talking about Svetchnikov's, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and
1: exactly. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not about to sit yeah. here and say, well, Svetchnikov oh. can definitely get oh, better absolutely. in his in his age 21 season, and 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 uh, Kachuk can in his age 23 season. Uh, just for the record, I just so happened to stumble upon his hockey reference page. Shout out to Brady Kachuk. Happy 22nd birthday today. Oh. So he'll actually be 22 t- this year. Uh,
0: nice. Turned 22 today. Wow, he was born in
2: 1999. That, that
0: man's throwing 300 old. hits at the age of 21. Holy shit.
2: And that's for the reason he cracked my top 15. Just and honestly, I feel a little dirty about it. Like, well, There's someone that, honestly, I probably should have had in over him. Um, but yeah, again, when you get to the point in the draft where you know where you maybe should hopefully be able to get Kachuk, uh, in you know non-banging leagues, I just think he has uh, a lot, a lot of upside. He shoots the puck so much, uh, you know, if he has another season shooting under ten percent, I'm gonna really probably just ever stop betting on him to break out. Yeah, at that he's point, he just to do that shooting at some muffins, point. dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Like it's great to have the shot volume he has, we love it, but at some point, you need to at least be able. to uh, if you're going to be an elite player, your shooting percentage needs to at least be above or around league average, right? So so right now, basically, he's at 700 shots, 693,
1: 60 goals. Yeah. It's not good
0: enough. Yeah. No. We it's need not, better. It's not enough. Yeah, so we need
2: a better and conversion you can't rate. you can
1: bank on him to have a ton of assists because that team's still not going to be great. They're going to be better, I think. I actually like the sense quite a bit for fantasy production from, you know, five guys. But none of them, they're all good mid-level players, mid-round players. Yeah not this high up in the
2: draft. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to get you a ton of shots too, though. And like I said, that the potential is obviously there. Uh, but yeah, I I totally get where you're coming from. And I think, you know, um, if it came down to it, like he, he's probably fallen down the board uh, a bit in obviously non banging leagues because there's just a lot of guys that you could take above him that that you feel good about. But obviously the potential is there. He's going to be playing a ton. Um, the team doesn't need to get good that you just needs to find one or two decent players to get on, on a line with. And, and hopefully we see the likes of Josh Norris, maybe a guy like Drake Batherson, you know, continue to improve this Timmy year. Timmy Stutz. Yeah. Timmy Stutz. Exactly. Right. Like it, all, all it takes is, you know, one that decent line mate together. to take Brady right. Kachuk to the next level. I do think he's a very good hockey player. And I do think even right now without improving at all, I think he's a lot more capable of producing better than the numbers he's shown. The, yeah, the problem I, I, is I, I, the and, quality of line mates and getting penned into his own end and, I yeah. had Josh and they do Norris. have decent 5v5 five five numbers, but obviously, you know, the cards are just stacked against
1: Yeah, I had Josh Norris as my breakout center last week. Um, so, I obviously believe in Ottawa 1, but I, I think, again, Josh Norris is a guy that you're getting to the mid to late rounds, where right now, current ADP for Brady Kachuk is... Fifteen on Fantrax, twenty-four on Yahoo. It's just way too early. Again, yeah. Hits League is a caveat caveat there, but it, it's even, all it you know, is, he's right? Still and be going fairly early.
2: Standard leagues on Yahoo, I think have shots now too, right? So. Yes. I mean he led the league in both last year he was really close to leading. Yeah, anyone in both, who dominates so. a category like that it, gonna, it totally makes sense why he is ranked that yeah. high. And like we said if you're in a 10 cat leagues and two of them are, sh- are shots and hits yeah. absolutely. Well, especially in Is that standard now. on Yahoo right now? Because so yeah let's why. you know let's think that he does take that next step forward and even in his point production too right all of a sudden yeah. you're looking at it like a probably a top Five top 10 player in, in that kind of format
0: 300 shots too is so many when we so talk many. about you know we we don't even mind a guy who gets two shots i mean a game, that's He, 100 he just gets, needs to get a little hot for like a month yeah.
2: shoot 14 percent for yeah. the season and you're looking at 35 goals but if I that's a category
1: fifth again leading the leading forwards and hits by a mile and um again i don't really project cal clutterbuck and matt martin and all yeah. those guys but Leading the fantasy-ish relevant forwards in hits and fifth in shots, so it's insane.
2: I do think he's like a really safe bet to hit thirty goals if he plays the full season, though, because the shot production he's shown the last few years, he's gonna get over three hundred shots. To shoot ten percent, and I, 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 I can, and he might not like he's gonna be probably over three hundred, so he might it might just need to shoot eight or nine percent. So I think he's a really good bet to hit thirty goals for the first time. So
0: yeah.
1: Sorry, B's. I cut you off there. Finished your thought.
2: Oh, all I was saying
0: is just that production. If we're saying good guys give you 106, you get 140 extra in that category per year. That is so much, yeah.
2: and that and that's why I like him so, so much. much. If you have that category, yeah.
0: it's just like an extra player worth of shots. Yeah. It's crazy. And
2: and like I said, like I said, because I think yeah, he's a pretty safe bet or a good bet to hit 30 goals. I think his floor is like 25 goals, and then obviously if he just gets hot or you know has a fluky season, yeah. 40 goals are well within reach if he just shoots, like I said, slightly above league average. Yeah, we he's watched dead. his brother. So that's why I like him so much because yeah. it's not – he's another guy it's really not hard to imagine a, a plausible scenario. He's that like Alex Ovechkin with 30 less ball. goals. Yeah, we literally watched
0: his brother break out in the exact same season. You know, they're brothers. Not to say that there's a connection there, but that was his breakout year it was, was th- this year for him. So, hey, not to say uh, – Not you know, to say that there's, not say there's a f- correlation, but Follow correlation. your big bro, bruh. <laughs> but you should probably do it. All
1: right, let's wrap up our top 15 here with 13, 14, and 15. Yeah. Uh, we've got Johnny Gaudreau coming in at 13, Rupe hits at 14, and Ryan Nugent-Hawkins at 15. So Johnny Gaudreau, obviously a disappointing year, a season yeah, ago go for the last uh, three years. Obviously, like, that whole team was just bad uh, for the most part, but 49 points in 56 games. It's a little hilarious to, to call that, you know, disappointing, but... The year prior to that, fifty-eight points in seventy games—really not the way anybody thought he would follow up his ninety-nine point campaign yeah. from twenty-nineteen. Guy He'd dropped the Gretzky a career-high fourteen-point-seven shot uh, shooting percentage that year. On ice shooting percentage ballooned up to twelve-point-six as well. So some regression was expected. I don't think anybody expected him to crash back down to earth quite as badly as he did, but. I think there's still room for optimism here with Goudreau, in my opinion. I think the Flames did a nice job kind of stabilizing things this off season. They brought in some nice pieces. We all are, are big Blake Coleman fans. Not that he's going to really move the needle a ton are we? in terms of fantasy, but in, in terms of being a real hockey player, he's yeah, tremendous. In that regard, um, and just They should just be a better hockey team overall. So I, I, I think Goudreau, uh, I like his chances to bounce back a lot more than I like Sean Monahan's. Yeah,
0: Goudreau's only not had 40 assists one year in his career, and that was last year. Shortened season again. And, um, you know, we're talking about this guy having an off year, like you said, Brock, 49 points in 56 games. Over an 82-game stretch, that's still nearly tw- nearly 30 goals. It'd be about 28 goals and nearly 40 assists. If you're having a 28-40 year, that's pretty freaking good. But, you know, just where people have been taking Johnny Goudreau, a lot of people expect him to drop that 100. And I guess... I also kind of do as well. He was making 60 assists look pretty simple back in the day. Um, It's still there. Only 28 years old. This team's going to click. We just haven't seen it happen for two years. Um, When it does, I kind of want to be on that Johnny Goudreau train. Just
1: to play the extrapolation
0: game with Goudreau. Extrapolate the shit. Over those two
1: seasons that we would call disappointing following up a 99-point season. If you extrapolate those numbers over 82 games, 24 goals, 46 assists. So still a 70-point campaign. So. (sighs) Now, you know, you don't have to waste that high draft capital yeah. on him, and he's a 70-point player that you get in the 50s. I yeah. would
0: love to get him as my 13th best left winger on the board. Yeah. I would
2: lose him. And that's what I'm saying. That's what I talked about with Lanniscog, right? Like, that, that kind of point production, this point of the draft, very, very rare. And obviously, if he gets anywhere close to that form he had a few yeah. years ago, he could be the steal of Glued on the power play, So Yeah, if, uh, you know, if you get to this point in the draft, and you're going between Goudreau and a couple of the other guys we're going to talk about in a sec. Definitely reach for Gaudreau because, yeah, he's shown to have that, you know, absolute upper ceiling of of potential that the other guys – We'll yeah. talk about you know probably can't scratch and and you know there's again no plausible route for them to get there so yeah. well we were talking like Brock said
1: if your floor is seventy points
2: yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying floor seventy points you can you know pretty solidly rely on that maybe not a ton of goals but still like I said if he gets anywhere near back to that form could be a massive steal this year
1: ADP ninety three point nine on the Fan Tracks fifty one point one on Yahoo so between the two sites seventy two point five that is the end of the sixth round yeah.
2: yeah
0: it's pretty slept on but we're talking earlier about Huberto taking that next step to get to hundred points points this year as the fourth ranked left winger Goudreau's one point off that two years ago or three years ago there I guess two three years whatever you want to call it um three seasons ago so that's yeah. really that production's possible and if we're talking about the number four ranked left winger giving you that and and you wanting that and expecting that in its best ways then this guy showing you can do it is, is can be a steal at the back end 100% I mean, Rupe yeah. hits one of the biggest
1: surprises in 2020 2021 season, but also probably the most one of the most players. frustrated yeah. players on earth to own. Um, I think I almost at one point created a dedicated Twitter just a Rupe Hits news because this man was a game time decision the entire season. You gotta give it to him though. He absolutely gutted it out and still suited up for 41 games, did not play, I don't think, more than one or two back-to-back sets the entire season. Still finished with 43 points in 41 games. Terrific Bonkers. production. He uh, he played over 18 minutes uh, a night, which is a massive leap from the 14-45 he played in the year prior. So, uh, Hitz is a guy that we all like. Uh, I, I think we talked about him last year as a guy that could take that next step. Yeah, because of, um,
2: because of the ice time. Because of the ice time.
1: And he, and he came in and he did it. I think he even exceeded our expectations. Um and now he comes to this year. We did talk about it. Get Tyler Segan back. Is he going to play 18-14 at night this year? Maybe not. But he'll be way higher than 14-45. This is still a team that loves to use Radic Faxa.
2: Tied
1: to, to Landry is probably their fourth line center this year. So they're deep down the middle. Is him going to see a ton of ice time, whether he's at center or, or at the wing? Maybe not quite as much as last year, but still enough to
2: be around a point per game. Yeah, I just hope they realize that he is their best winger. And, yeah. you know, they maybe, you know, toll back uh, Ben's wish. ice time. I think Rad Pavelski, <laughs> as great of a year he had. Uh, I think this is the year they They could happens. probably do to get him a, a minute or two less a night, especially as he gets older. Uh, so I do think, you know, there's some really obvious logic there for, uh, again, for uh, him to at least maintain that role. If not, you know, continue to grow, uh, maybe alongside Sagan as the, as the driving force behind the Stars attack. Similar to obviously what Sagan and Ben were for years, right? And again, hopefully they just don't continue to dole out a ton of minutes on Ben. They realize the potential that that Hints has. And and obviously, like I said, we still think, I talked about Sagan a lot. We talked about Sagan a lot last week. He still has, we hope, uh, a couple of years in his yeah. prime left in the engine. Uh, and Hintz really seems, like I said, to have replaced Ben as their elite winger. So hopefully they just recognize that when they're doling out the minutes this year. I know we talked about this a lot last year because you
1: owed him. A- but uh, Joe Pavelski was like your steal of the draft a season ago. It is absolutely insane to look back at his numbers and see that that guy played 19 minutes a night yeah, yep. at the age of 36 in a 56 game for full 56 game. Unbelievable. But uh, Beebs, I know you'll have a little bit more to add on Rupe later in the show, so we won't ask yeah. you too many questions now. Not touching move on Rupe. To number 15, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Um, it's funny because like you get you get a guy like Zach Hyman coming over for the Maple Leafs. And you're like, oh man, what could this do for Zach Hyman? Um, you know how how much offense can you unleash playing with McDavid, playing with Leon? Ryan Nugent Hopkins has been tied to one of their hips, if not both of their hips, for a lot of time uh, over the last few seasons. You know he's obviously centered his own line at times, but mostly on the wing the last couple of years, playing with McDavid or playing with Leon. Boy. And he really hasn't done right enough right hasn't done enough That's what i'm just, saying but you know what it's crazy because you you know when you talk about these guys and his adp kind of just reflects what he's done which doesn't always work especially when you're playing with mcdavid or, or leon 96.7 on fairtrack 76.7 on yahoo adp of 86.7 um I don't really like you, – you know what you're getting with Nugent Hawkins. There's nothing – he's probably not going to change. That power play has been unbelievable every year. Nothing's changed.
2: Yeah, it's probably about a round or two before where we would like to take him, right? Like you said, uh, we're looking at it. If he's my second left winger, I- I'm happy with that, right? I yep. can make that work. Yep. It's not a very deep position. Um, you know, last year was disappointing, but I-, I still think with how good that top six is. Uh, and like you said, the-, the good thing about McDavid and Dreisaitl seemingly being split for most of the season – is that you can bet on Nugent Hopkins playing with one of them, which is all you need. Uh, And he's going to be on the power play as well. Um, So, yeah, I still feel like he's a really safe bet to hit 60 points over a full 82. Uh, And, yeah, when you're looking at some of the other guys available, maybe one guy that you might want to take about, and we'll talk about in a bit. But uh, Nugent, I I think, like I said, it, it gets to that point. Yeah, it's not as sexy of a pick. We wouldn't be taking him as early as that ADP. I'd be into him around later, like I said. If he's my second left winger, I'm happy with that because I know I can count on something around a 30-30 pace. 27 goals, 41 assists, 212
1: shots over the last three seasons if you extrapolate them over 82 games. One really good thing about Nuge, averaged over 20 minutes of ice time in those three seasons. So guy that you can rely on to play a lot, but really, you know, play with those two guys. 27-41. I mean...
0: I just don't I, – I, like, I don't get how the numbers just aren't there. But, I mean, maybe this is the year. Um, I, I was the only one who had him out of my top 15. I will admit that. I had Jason Robertson in there. We won't get too deep into that. Um, but he is right there. And like you guys said, like you kind of know what you're getting. And I think the real drop-off is 15 on for left-wingers. I don't – this middle part's been a little scrambled, but I think from here is where you start getting into – you're almost non-rosterable left-wingers after this. So, so new just kind
2: of, <laughs> which is tough too. Yeah. Cause I mean, in 12 team leagues, we're still talking about, uh, you're number two left-wingers. Left yeah. yeah. So, um, say they're not rosterable, not rosterable,
0: but like <laughs> the next couple of guys who come from here, there's no one who really stands out. It's like, Oh my God, I want them. So it almost makes new just valuable Yeah. And I more. think it's,
2: a, it's another year to really just, um, drive home the factor, you know, how valuable the guys are that offer you dual eligibility uh, and not straight centers, right? Because uh, a lot of the guys we had ranked in the center podcast can play left wing as well. Yeah, so and, and it's not and I, always going to shake out say the that same way, thing.
1: Like, We we break them down to center, left wing, right wing, but a lot of these guys can play multiple positions. And yeah, and there's guys that ADPs are much higher who still have left wing eligibility on some of these sites. So yeah, and uh, again,
2: it ma- obviously it depends on where you're playing. But uh, yeah, when I, I think you know when we get to this point and we're talking about Nuge and maybe Robertson and then a guy like Taylor Hall is you know. The, the clear cut, this is it, I, I, it speaks to how thin the wing positions are this year, so uh, yeah, again, just really important to kind of consider uh, those those guys, those centermen that can offer you those uh, dual wing eligibilities, because you're always going to be able to pick someone up later in the draft uh, that can play center for you and, and get you some points. That's why Leo's a
1: stud, but anyways, that is going to do it for the first half of the DFO Podcast Season 7, Episode 4, very T.J. Oshi edition, uh, when we get back, hopefully the- not a half, yeah, sorry. First, like three quarters, <laughs> maybe five eighths uh, of the DMO podcast. But, anyways, enjoy the Blue Stones on the way out. When we get back, we'll talk about sleepers, busts, breakouts, and a couple of rookies. So, That's enjoy the Blue Stones. We'll see you guys back here in. in a long
0: time, to Back of my craft. I took a trip to the and I dashed my head in some upstream.
2: Seven, episode four of the oh, Daily shit. Face-Off podcast. A TJ Sochi episode, uh, to be sure. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed the first half of the show, brought to you by Fantrax, as well as the second half. Uh, quit your leagues, go up and sign up at Fantrax. Uh,
1: www.fantrax.com slash DFO. There you go. And if you do that, you will be automatically registered to win a Nathan McKinnon signed jersey, which who would have want? Yeah. I, like, I honestly. And for,
2: you should give me the ad read. Yeah. And it would be.
1: I, it, the ad read is <laughs> in my brain.
2: Oh, okay. Well, that's that helps. It helps. But yeah, Fantrax, they're great. Check them out uh, and get yourself Nathan McKinnon jersey by going to www.fantrax.com forward slash DFO. These
0: guys are nails. I might just quit because I can't ever. True professionals yeah. over you. I can't ever keep up to that.
2: So let's get into the SBB portion of the show. Uh, we'll start with the bust now, since I already uh, kind of went a little hamburgers on Andre Spechnikov earlier. Uh, and again, much love to the kid, just being taken about two or three rounds earlier than yeah. I would take him. Uh, and at that point in the draft, that's a, a significant uh, margin. So uh, yeah, we'll get right into it, uh, Brock. I hear you're just itching to talk about uh, a bust of your own. So uh, why don't you take us away here? Who who are you looking at the left wing position that's just going to bust right out of? leagues this year
1: Alexander Radulov for me Um, on on Yahoo specifically fan tracks, he isn't so bad but on Yahoo right now ADP is 92.5 Oof. I don't really know like that is a couple spots you know after Taylor Hall um, which I would much rather have Taylor Hall than yeah. Alexander Radulov the weird thing is like two years ago it looked like Radulov was like just like he was done like he was going to retire from the NHL Last year he had 12 points in 11 games that didn't play again. I I just don't know. I, I think like Jason Robertson has so clearly taken the number one right winger role. Like the, the there's a clear we already kind of talked about it, a clear power shift going on in Dallas right now. Yeah. With, with Hintz, Robertson uh and, and seeing it to a certain degree Come back. Uh, and, and then you've got Bed and Rajloff now kind of taking a back seat.
0: <laughs> the old boys are becoming. The third line boys. Yeah,
1: you'd love to say that, eh? Yeah, yeah, the way yeah
0: exactly. That's gonna be the theme of this episode.
1: You know, I, and honestly, like I still think Radulov can be a, a relatively productive player uh, this season. I, I, I have him projected at twenty goals, thirty assists, fifty points. Not bad, uh, by by any stretch. I still think he could be a serviceable bottom of your roster guy. Uh, but on Yahoo specifically, right now he's going ninety two point five. It's just way too early for my liking, so that's why he's my bust. Uh, Biebs. You yeah, I just guess I just score. gonna say
2: the floor is just not there, right? Like the obviously the upside is we saw, you yeah. know, point per game and a very, very limited uh, you know, sample size last year. Uh but yeah, he's obviously has that potential. But at that point in the draft you want a much more, you know, stable floor to be taking someone with your fifth or sixth pick.
1: First two years in Dallas, seventy two points, seventy two points, and then after that thirty four and sixty, it just yeah. fell off a cliff. He, he he did look solid last year, but I, I'm a little concerned. Before he got hurt, basically never played again. He was played seventeen minutes forty seven seconds per night. Yeah, He's not you. Catch you want
2: to draft him where you don't have to rely on him for anything, and anything you do get out of him is the just bonus. a bonus. And that ADP ain't that. So no. yeah.
0: what a rock star! Do you remember a couple years ago when he came back from the KHL just for the playoffs with Nashville, and then got like kicked off the bench or kicked off because he stayed out past past his curfew in, in oh my god it's such a cool it's just so anyways. hilarious when he's such a hilarious look at, figure to me
1: when you just go look at his hockey reference page it's like oh he played up until 2008 then he didn't play again until 2012 then he didn't play again until 2017
2: <laughs> him Jumps and ovechkin around. i think are like the two most russian looking people of all time <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i think if you just have t- poop
0: man yeah exactly. yeah those three oh yeah and that's the top three that's the i guess the the I can't. Anyways, uh, I'm just going to stop there. But my bust, speaking of uh, people who look like like something, um, I've been told I look like this guy before, but Andres Palat out in Tampa absolutely killed me to shit You've on been someone so beautiful. Like you. that's, yeah. That's yeah, you're right. You're right. It's I haven't so told that. Yeah, it absolutely killed me to shit
1: on No just one loves themselves them. more than and no
0: one should. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this guy's current ADP out in Yahoo Leagues is 75 right now. That is incredibly high. Um, honestly, what did I miss? Is it the double cups? Is it more just because he looks like me? Is that why he's going so high? I really could not imagine drafting a guy who hasn't scored more than 17 goals since 2013 in a season above the 75th overall pick. It's just like, it just sometimes you see guys and it just makes your brain hurt. This Seeing him at 75 made my brain hurt. There's just a lot better talent out there. Um, last year was kind of a breakout season for him in a way but he really hasn't put up did more than... Udrow, yeah, I mean, yeah, he well, did, that, He did, but... Yes, and yeah, so, yeah, but exactly. he also there saw a ton of more usage. There because of that.
2: Yeah. yeah, and honestly, I draft the plot at the end of the draft last year, which was just is kind of waiting should be. to drop him all year, and yeah. he just refused to let me. Yeah. You know, every time you, you tried to do it, he would just get, boom, four, four points in four games, something like yeah. that, right? But a big part of that was... Uh, yeah, he was just eating all those minutes, playing with the big boys, and just hanging around enough to pick up those he's assists, the especially teams. on the power play. And uh, yeah, you just can't rely on him to get those minutes this year with with that team being yeah. healthy. So those
0: minutes or those points, he's he's really never he hasn't had more than fifty two points since 2014-15. We talk about it all the time. Um, there's there's a line where guys are rosterable, and they're not. And If you're not getting more than fifty two points in an eighty two game year, you're like D said, you're floating at the bottom of the roster. You're that guy who who some managers might even drop just to get an extra play on the week. Um, I just, I, 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 love plot as a player. You love what he does out there. You love the role he plays, but just to draft him at 75, there's just such better talent there. Um, at the time of doing this, he was going around, right around Rupe Hints, who we we're talking about as a top 14 winger, uh, going around R&H, March Assault, Jason Robertson, these are all guys who I would just personally much rather the ceiling and, and just the floor even is way more for all of them. Um, yeah. It's kind of a no-brainer. So if someone in your league wants to go crazy and jump on that Pilat train, let them do it. Let them get him out of the way and get that pick out of there. But for me, I just, I'm just i sorry, Andres. Can't do it, bud. I have the absolute dagger for Andre Pilat here. You ready? Nail
1: Last yeah. year, career high, 20 points. On the power play. Oof. Okay. Yep. Regular season, third on the Lightning in power play ice time per game, 313 per game. Yeah. Nikita Kucherov returns to the playoffs. Andre Palat. eighth on the team in ice time on the power play, 103 per game. Clearly, he heard it here. Moved off the top power yeah. play unit in favor of Kucherov. Shocking. It's
0: almost like he was the fifth best option on it.
1: G- goes goes to the second power play unit, does basically. Yeah, because no.
0: he's playing 28 seconds of power play, probably. Yeah,
1: so in the in the postseason, he had exactly zero power play goals. Um, so, Andre Palat, yeah. You, and you know what? I, I think that it's it's pretty clear. Uh, if you've moved over to fan tracks, you're already a smarter yeah. fantasy player. Yeah. But... If you look at their ADPs, they also just make a lot more sense. Yeah. So clearly, I, th- I I think we we must already be converting. I had to heavy from-
0: mention Yahoo because theirs didn't make as much sense because Fantrax made a little bit too much more sense. Palato's so like, still
1: have- at a hundred and four on Fantrax, which is, is still way too, too high,
0: way too high. Yeah, a- and
2: again, Palat another guy that hits more than we realized too. So I think that's baked into it a little bit. Usually yeah. hits around one and a half, two times. Uh, a game, though, so I
0: think it's just the team bias that just seems to be driving it. There's just something there. It's a lot. Know. It's a lot in it. Yeah, I yeah. think
2: for the hits, there's probably jump jo- Driving it up a little bit, and then it, yeah, obviously everything else. He
1: hits, up, but. 55 games a season to go, but it's not that good.
2: He's another guy it's just unfortunate. It was a shortened year because everything lined up for it to be a career year for him. He was staying hot the whole year. He was getting all the minutes, playing on the power play. Probably won't happen again. So the it's thing, a shame that he's not actually. gonna have that. Is too, to like
1: out, he is going to still have many big nights. He is going to be yeah. one of the league's best streamed options. Yeah. yeah, because it is you know he's going to exactly. be widely drafted and he'll be dropped by weeks. Two, yep. And that he will be one of the best streaming options because he is going to play the whole year at greater Point Nikita Kucherov. Like he's going to, and he's going to have huge
2: weeks. Yeah, and I think maybe people expect Gord leaving to have like a benefit to him as well. It, it probably doesn't, but just in the sense that if any of those guys miss time or even like yeah. you say, if game, anything, maybe he gets a game or two at a time penalty kill, he's going to be the first one to move up the lineup. But yeah, he's still being drafted as if he's going to be playing on that first line all year, going to be playing on the power play. He's not and that's not the case. Play. So hopefully, he gets back to the point where we can stream him because uh, it's not going to be that in the season. But uh, yeah. Some value still to be had there, but again, ADP just way too, way too high. All right, last week or low. Or low.
1: I can't remember what you called it, but we made some kind of sandwich last week. This, you, this we went week,
2: out, we went out of the the compliment sandwich. The we compliment of it. sandwich, yes. Yeah.
1: This week we we went out of whack. We already talked about your bus. You mentioned special coffee. We 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 did that already. So now we'll go back to sleepers. This is a weird sandwich. The meat's on top, <laughs> but uh, we got two pieces of bread to get here. It's like a flatbread. Sure, yeah. Something nice. like that. Yeah, we're yeah. big it's like a sandwich guys. No, not a panini. Uh, I was yeah, going to say that, bread. but I think a flatbread, yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, perfect.
0: Double down. <laughs> so what do you want? <laughs> sleeper?
1: Sleepers, yeah. So we, we, you know, while you're pulling up yeah. your information here, Taylor Hall is D sleeper. I did mention him earlier. His current ADP, 96.7 on Fantrax, 90.1 on Yahoo, 93.4 uh, overall between those two websites. So D, um, he's going, you know, right after Ryan Nugent-Hopkins, and, and he's a guy that, that could definitely be in that top 50 left winger by the end of the
2: season. Yeah, and um, obviously had a very great stint, uh, or a very good stint, great stint in Boston last year uh, to close it out. 14 points uh, in 16 games, eight goals, six assists um, after moving to the Bruins. From Buffalo, you know, we were had, I think, a lot higher hopes for his stint in Buffalo than what ended up happening. Obviously, everything going on with Eichel, uh, and all that played into it as well. And Buffalo as a whole just had a nightmare of a season. And, it wasn't and great. Taylor Hall was a part yeah, of that, to, to be uh, sure. The definition of a nightmare. Yeah. But I think people probably, um, you know, think a little bit lower of his time in Arizona than it was again, just half a season. Uh, you know, wasn't as great as his time in New Jersey, but still had 27 points in 35 games um, and an 8.1 shooting percentage. Uh, so again, this has kind of been the theme with Hall throughout his career and, um, you Know kind of has trouble really shooting at an above average rate, and the one time he did, he won the MVP trophy. So, uh, again, there's obviously a ton of upside here. Basically, just shy of a point per game in that small sample size with Boston last year. A couple of issues there. David Kreitchi, uh is MIA missing in action uh, somewhere in Eastern Haven't Europe it, right he's now. In Czech, <laughs> he has ran away in Eastern Europe. Um, he finally got
1: the winger that he's been looking for his whole life, and he left. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: said, You know what. It's too easy.
2: And it is a little bit concerning because there's obviously not a ton of depth at center ice in Boston. Uh, And you could say, hey, maybe he can move up the lineup, sniff a little bit of time with Boston one. Amazing. The issue there, obviously him and Marchand, basically their whole careers have predominantly played on the left wing. So uh, he's not going to usurp. I don't think Marchand on that top line anytime soon. Uh, So, yeah, it's hard to imagine how he could possibly sneak on a Boston one. So that's the only reason he stayed outside my top 15 uh, but obviously the potential is there, right? Whether it be a Marshan injury or, or anything else, they, they look to actually try him on the right side. Uh, you know, obviously I wouldn't bank on it considering he's played 15 years now on the left, but 10 years, but anyway, uh, yeah, a lot of upside there. Uh, he's going super deep in drafts. Brock's going to give me his ADP.
1: 93.
2: Yeah. So right around, uh, behind Palat, uh, right around all the, or behind all these other guys that we've been talking about, like I said, he was a borderline top 15 pick for me. Uh, the upside, we all know what the upside is. He won the Hart Trophy three years ago. Uh, just a couple of years removed from that. He's been bouncing around. Uh, so yeah, he's going to be on that top power play, which should make his production very reliable. I don't think he'll be at that point per game if he can't move up the lineup. Uh, and like I said, an injury seems to be the only way that that'll happen. We don't want to root for it, but obviously it's a possibility. And I just think at, at the point of the draft where are where you're drafting him. I still think he's going to be, you know, probably floor around 55 to 60 points, and the upside way, way higher than that. So uh, I just love the value you're getting for him at that point. Nice little violin. Nice little violin to play out the Taylor Hall.
0: <laughs> um, that was Brock just practicing his. Story, yeah. Audio
2: producer um, in the making, no, Brock. Yeah,
0: I was pouring one out for uh, for <laughs> David Krejci. Oh, it only took a couple seconds. Later, yeah. uh, that's okay. Uh, Taylor Hall also a wins alert for those of you who. <laughs> who forgot for a second there? Um, I guess I'll jump right into my sleeper, Brock. If you got any noises you want to shoot up for this one too, feel free to. Because um, it's Rupe Hints. That same noise would work. Um, I think it was a
2: harp. Was that a harp? Yeah, sound? let
0: the harp go again, strictly because Rupe looks like a guy. Honest, who was, it was me just on the tech support with Bell trying to get me to the sound of oh, yeah, So we just to get our banger with Thursday night football oh, yeah. game. Well, but. Bell, if you got your tech guy listening live, tell him to let the Rupe Hints harp off again. It's kind of crazy we're talking about sleeping on a guy who had over a point per game, but um, we're doing just that. We got into repeat earlier. Uh, it, it, this is a guy who is currently going right now about seventy five in rounds and, and I, I just shit on someone who went at seventy five and that was Andres Palat. If I get Rupe hints at the same round I get Andre Palat, I'm running home, I'm screaming, I'm putting a picture of Rupe I'm on my fridge. A harp. Yeah, I'm <laughs> playing a harp I'm learning how to play the harp. I am serenading people because that is a steal. Fifteen goals, twenty eight points, forty three point forty three in forty one. Um Absolutely bonkers to think that he put up those numbers, like we said, while going in and out with injury. Uh, as people know, it's not that easy in the NHL if you miss a chunk of games, a game, to speed back up. To think if Rupe Hintz can put together a clean bill of health here, we could be in for someone who could be breaking into our top 10 next year when we talk about left wings. Um, I'll, uh, while I say all this, though, again, massive, massive asterisks because this we could, again, be talking about the most frustrating winger round two this year if he is injured every other game like he was last year absolute shot machine averaging over more averaging more than two and a half shots per game you talked about it brock earlier he is an ice hound and if uh if the old dogs out in dallas you know take their step back Rupe is going to take a step forward a lot of people think that maybe jason robertson might be stepping on his toes but i don't think so i think they're both going to work fluently together Hints is an absolute power play stud, which should bode well for him. Especially with the likes of Tyler Seguin coming back, we cannot stress how important it is to have arguably your most offensive weapon back in your lineup. It doesn't matter what team you are, and that's exactly what Tyler Seguin is. With that comes only more time for for Hints and only more success for Rupe. You're just putting more weapons with someone who is already just waiting to break out with again a full year of health. Um, a lot of times with guys like these, we could say, yeah, maybe he, he shot very well. But with over two and a half shots per game, just puck's going to go on the net for Rupe. Um There's so much talent out in Dallas. And I think we're going to go back to seeing a Dallas team that was a playoff contender just years ago. And uh, actually in the finals two years ago, a lot of people forget. It's actually crazy to say that. But um yeah, for me, Rupe hence being a little slept on. Seventy five ADP, if I can get him around there, I'll be uh I'll be a very happy man. Um but Rupe, for the love of God, take your vitamins, stay healthy, <laughs> and please, please, not all of us have fifty IR spots, we can't uh we can't take you like that. So
1: Yeah, and if you uh I, I just was reading a little bit from Mike Heika, he's the lead stars reporter uh, for the stars website, and just this stuck out to be uh, hits might be the most physically gifted player on the Stars. He's among the fastest skaters and then they, he goes on to say that he will be vying for playing time with Segan, obviously, but this will give them a one-two punch down the middle that they haven't had since Mike Madano's time with the Stars. Ooh, so it's been a long time yeah. since they've had two centers that can really command the type of ice time that these two can. And hits is... I, I think really dropping because people think Segan's return is going to hurt him. And I just don't think it's going to happen. He'll still it, find himself on that power play. It, gonna
0: yeah. power play. He's going to be on a power play. Now there's just another unreal playing, shooting I, option. A yeah, little he, more space. He's going to be great. I, yeah. I, I have no concerns about him. Blow it up this year at all. I was uh, actually mind blown to see you guys both had him at 14 on your on your thing. Um, uh, I also had him up there high, but I thought I was pretty high on him to start. I was like, oh no, I don't think he's going to get any respect. Came in, and uh, we we're all kind of the same. So I think we all love hints quite a bit. And uh, probably the, one of the best flow in the league. I think we can agree on that. Absolutely, um, yeah. Absolute solid absolutely. central. Yeah.
1: But uh, all right, my bust for the left sleeper Sleeper, sorry, for the. Yeah. Uh, left wingers is Jakob Verona of the Detroit Red Wings. He might be the only guy we're drafting for the Detroit Red Wings uh, unless, of course, Muritz Sider makes the Red Wings which he's obviously going to. He's obviously going to be the best defense in the yeah. NHL. Uh, but yeah, Verona's an absolute scoring machine. After coming over from Detroit, uh, to Detroit last year he was terrific. 8 goals, 3 assists, 11 points in 11 games. Did shoot 25%, super small sample size. Uh, he's a goal scoring machine and right now His average draft position is 142.5 on Fantrax, 169 nice on Yahoo, 155.7 between the two. Uh, Basically undrafted, which makes next to zero sense for a guy that is almost certain to score 30 goals this season. He is basically the Red Wings' only offensive option. We have talked about this on this podcast before. Somebody's got to score some goals. They're not going to be goalless the whole had season. A casual
0: four-goal night last year. You ever heard of one of those? Yeah,
1: casual four-goal night. Going on average right now in the 13th round. He scored his whole time in Washington while only playing 14 minutes a night. Last year, once he came over to Detroit, played 17-16 per night. He's going to command a ton of ice time. Whether it's with Pius Suter, who we saw having a lot of success on the Blackhawks top line last year, or Dylan Larkin, uh, most likely Larkin, Veron is going to have a ton of success this year, and a guy that's basically undrafted.
2: For sure, totally agree. I, you know, we saw you know as soon as basically as soon as he got there, and he, he saw the larger role, he started to produce right away. So, uh, yeah, great pick. Uh, we'll move it on to the breakouts now. Uh, I'll start it off. I got. Um, Jason Robertson here, and Beebs you're actually a little bit higher than Robertson. He cracked your top. Hell yeah, uh, a little higher on Robertson than me. He cropped, cracked to your top fifteen. I think Jalen's a um, stud. Yeah, and rightfully so. He had an awesome year last year, and I, I just really feel like it's going under the radar. Honestly, I say it's a breakout pick. All he really needs to do is maintain the production he showed last year over a full season, uh, and this guy will be an absolute yeah. stud and, and steal in drafts this year. um Forty five points and fifty one games last year, seventeen goals. And 28 assists, so the guy was just six points uh, off a, a point of game pace um, in the shortened season, obviously. But uh, shot volume is great. Personal shooting percentage was right around 12, 13 uh, percent on ice, 11 percent, so a little high, but you know nothing uh, well well sustainable for you know elite players, and uh, he's showing that he just might be that. And obviously, um, we're a little bit hopeful that I, I just. I guess I'm really optimistic about uh, you know his situation, whether he ends up on a line with Sagan or Hintz, who it sounds like is probably going to be end up playing down the middle. Uh, Robertson did all that damage in under 17 minutes a night last year. So, uh, again, I think, you know, hopefully th- that role continues to grow, even with them getting a little bit healthier. Obviously, uh, him and Hints are the future of this team. Uh, but even if it doesn't, I think at the very least, he's going to maintain 16, 17 minutes a night, and he showed he can be very productive in that minimum uh or in that minimal role. So, uh, yeah, the floor is there. I think, uh, he's still, uh, just 22 years of age. Uh, really last year was his first full season. It was a shortened season, but it was his first full year, uh, playing with the stars and playing in the NHL. So, Uh, yeah, I still think there's some uncapped potential here and nothing in, uh, the underlying numbers last year to suggest that, uh, there's any sort of regression coming in his production. So the role can grow. He can still continue to get better, uh, considering his age. So just a whole lot of upside here for a guy that you can really steal in drafts right now. Barely touched the power play last year, only six power
0: play points. Um, so as you say, growing, I mean, it's not very hard to grow on six and that, that just leads to bigger and better things.
1: To build on that a little bit, six points in his first 12 games while only playing 12 and a half minutes per game. After that, he started to play a lot more, you know, gained the trust of the coaching staff. In his final 39 games, he averaged 18 minutes, 15, 16 seconds per night. 39 points in 39 games. Yeah, 15 goals as well. So just an absolute horse. He was terrific for them last year. Uh, a kid that was absolutely dynamite in in juniors as well, second round pick of twenty seventeen, dominated the AHL in his only season there, just has scored at every single level. He's yep. terrific. And absolutely there's no reason why he can't break out in a full season this year. We talk about how good Hanson, how good Seagan are what
2: and again, he doesn't even need to take a step forward. He maintains that same production yeah. over a full year. Uh people are going to be talking about him a lot by the end of the year.
1: And his yeah and his ADP right now isn't even insane at all. Like he's going right now one oh three on, on Fantrax, ninety-two on Yahoo. He's probably, you know, the front runner of of guys that is people are expecting to break out and that's they're starting to take chances on him there. And yeah, still, and so we might
2: see the ADP creep up a little bit as yeah. we get closer to draft day. Um, and you know, more people start drafting. You yeah. know, they look at the upside. Realizing there. how. Uh, yeah, but as is, like you look at a guy like we said, going behind the guys like Radulov, like Palat, I think he offers a very similar floor to those guys. Maybe Radulov's floor is a little bit higher, but not not even. No, I'm going to say a very similar floor, uh, and the upside is just so so much better. So, uh, yeah, great great value right now, uh, and another guy who could end up very well being one of the steals of the draft.
1: Beebs, I'll let you start with your breakout here because it was actually my breakout, but uh, you, you picked him first. So you, you go
0: there, and then I'll finish it up with mine. Who knew we'd, who knew we'd be having a battle over Timmy Stutzel? I think we all do Stutzle. out in Ottawa. Um, this guy is currently going about 170. So in my rankings, that's got him as undrafted. Um, year one was an absolute growing year for Ottawa. We, we got to witness that with everyone from DJ Smith to the, at, at the coaching helm down to Timmy Stutz. Um, their prize, prize, prize prospect now, pretty much. Um, finishing the year with the 12 goals, 17 assists, in 53-game year. Really not that great. Not something that's ever going to step jump out for you for fantasy hockey. Uh, but this is a guy we've seen massive breakouts come from people who after their first season, after they really adjust. Came from Germany, had to adjust to North America hockey. Did it quite well. Um, he had 110 shots last year across 53 games. For those of you counting at home, that's over two a game. We talk about how much we love that. This is a guy, they're going to give him every, every rain. Let him go. Again, prize prospect. There's not much going on in Ottawa. We mentioned it every year. Someone has to score on these weak teams and he's a PP one guy. Someone if you're gonna get at the end of your draft, um, I, I just really love the prospect of getting anyone at the end of your draft who will be PP one and will be playing on that top line, might eat up around eighteen to nineteen minutes, and just if you watch Stutzel, the eye test, he just takes over. He's much better than a twenty-nine fifty-three. Uh, play your game, and eventually that's going to translate into fantasy production. Ottawa's taking a step forward this year. We're going to see it. It's just, they're, they're, you, you can't really, well, even, uh, there's an interview that came out today, I'm not sure who it was, but they are talking about Ottawa, and they said when they kind of realized they could start winning, they became a very scary hockey team, because they could really start to control the puck, and I think that it took that team almost half a year to realize that, but when they did, we watched a little bit of success come there, and if you're telling they're so me they're not coming advice. in, oh, absolutely, and they got some, so many guys taking that next step. Um, we're watching Batherson do it. Josh Norris, um, again, uh, our boy Brady TK. There's going to be a lot of, a lot of weapons out there for Ottawa and Timmy Stutz is just going to enjoy the ride as well. Um, again, not to harp too much on a 19 year old, but, um, if I could get this guy as a late pick, maybe my second last, maybe my third last, someone who plays center and left wing on Yahoo. I'm not sure about fan tracks, um, but he has those, he can take both sides there and, uh, yeah, to I, center, I like Center left
1: wing on
0: cool. Absolutely. Perfect. So, yeah, you can slide him in either side. Someone you can take a risk on. If he's not hitting, you know, two weeks into the year, he's not really doing what you expected, drop him. He's absolutely it's not no going to not take him. With, like, absolutely. The yeah, the yeah. if we're talking about ceilings, we got to talk about that ceiling, and uh, it's the a very reason- high one.
1: The reason I was going to pick him too is is we did see to start to see his ice time start to creep up towards the end of the season. and started trusting more. I would. I think he's a
0: 30-30 guy this year personally. I mean, uh, thirty thirty is probably a, a
1: little lofty, but I, I mean, I don't. I think it's definitely there, there's a path for that without question. And I think he's a guy that can creep up close to seventeen minutes a night this year, and just that alone will be huge for him. He did finish the year with twenty two points in his last thirty eight games. Uh, you know, pretty decent production there. It's basically a 50-point pace right there. And then you just got to, you know, add a couple more goals. and sits here and there, and you're on that 60-point pace. But I think, you know, maybe the addition of a guy like Shane Pinto down the middle, if he can develop into their number two center, that'll go a long way. Because I think that top line's pretty solidified with Kachuk, Norris, and Bathurston. So they just got to find somebody to play with Stitzel there on the second line. And yeah, go just, a mile. Sky's limit. But, uh, you know, basically the next best thing, uh, actually it was probably supposed to be the first best thing, Uh, to Timmy Stitzel's Alexis Lafreniere uh, went first overall last year. Very disappointing. Uh, Rookie season, only 12 goals, 9 assists, 21 points in 56 games. Uh, The reason I really think he's going to break out is, is, you know, Chris Kreider continues to get up there in age. Uh, This is a kid that could absolutely end up on the top line with Mika's advantage at. Uh, We could be looking at, you know, Again, the Rangers top six, it's hard to tell who's 1A, who's 1B. parents obviously their best player, but parent and Strom definitely going to be together. Lafrenier, and Chad looks like a duo that could be together and stick. So, uh, you know, obviously, kid that went first overall, tons of size, tons of skill, ended up finishing the season stronger than he started, which is, you know, a positive sign headed into the season. It's really uh, about the, the leap in ice time for him. I think he only averaged like 13 and a half minutes per game last season, really barely played. Uh, just to be precise here 1353 over the course of the entire season so uh, you know plenty of room for his ice time to grow Um, if we just take a look here at like the last kind of month of the season he averaged less ice time so he actually played, that no but in the last like (laughs) 15 games 10 games he played uh 15 minutes a night so that's kind of the jump that we expect to see this year and more ice time in that top six could only lead to better things for left, right. Hand.
2: Yeah. If he's not playing at least that much, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to have him playing on the big league roster. Right. And, yeah. uh, you know, we've been kind of critical on them stunting the growth of some of their prospects in recent years. So hopefully that doesn't continue to happen, but yeah, there's a reason he went first overall. There's a reason he was one of the, you know, best prospects yeah, to come out of so much hype. Yeah. Quebec. And, you know, basically, I don't know how many years he was the first, first overall pick since flurry, I think. So, um, yeah, obviously there's a lot of potential there. And another guy like Stutzel, there's no reason not to take him with the last pick in the draft because we have no idea of what he's really capable of, right? So um and obviously this guy's the owner. like i said there's a reason he went first overall not to mention
0: there's gonna be a bunch of probably about 20 percent of your drafts gonna be stung owners from last year who want nothing to do with yeah, this guy and so we were pretty sweet for you
2: and we were a little critical on taking him last year rightfully so just because yeah, you big know big time rightfully so it's really hard for a player to come in at 18 and have a big impact in the nhl to the point where he's worth rostering so now that you don't have to take him and you can get him with the last pick of the draft totally on board
1: perfect segue to our next section here it's our rookies there's not a whole lot to add here a couple guys just to keep an eye on lucas raymond if he ends up coming over and making the detroit Red Wings, uh he probably has as good a path as Eddie as somebody who could really land a top six role and play considerable minutes just how weak that roster is um so lucas raymond definitely a guy to keep an eye on a lot of chatter about him probably be uh, in the ahl this year but you know he's gonna at least get a little bit of a run see what he can do there and if he's great at you know fourth overall all pick should be uh, and he, he sticks, he's somebody to keep an eye on. The other one would be from Beebs's team, Alex Newhook. He's a center left wing, I believe, on a couple different sites. Uh, will probably play primarily on the wing. He is more likely to make the team than Alex Raymond. Didn't get a cup of coffee there last year. Uh, another guy yeah. to keep an eye on. But again, you, know, you just outlined it there, D. It, it, it's really hard for these th- kids to come in at this age and really make a big yeah. fantasy splash. Both of them are probably... Uh, you know, a year or two away from really beat guys that we're talking about on this show. Well, we
0: saw it last year with Newhook, what it took for him to actually get even fantasy consideration, which was the playoffs was Cadre to get an eight game suspension. That's not going to happen. He's uh he's probably Well, not play- in the regular season. Yeah, exactly. So he's to <laughs> so <laughs> that's not gonna happen? yeah Codri's going to play game that game one of the postseason that's oh, absolutely going to happen. absolutely. Well, as soon as one punch. of his teammates yeah. gets hey, like it's not sucker punches, it's just crazy angle on a hit.
2: You know yeah. he's absolutely going in there. Oh, and absolutely. That's the thing. It's always good intentions, yeah, you know, exactly. but his head, his head's never in the right place. His heart always. But regardless,
0: though, that means Newhook's gotta gotta wait all year to take that spot. Even when he was yeah top six, he was
1: your playoff. Cool for sure because oh, you know sure. he's gonna be a top six sleeper dude sleeper. Yeah. we'll talk about that later <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll get to that in about eight months
0: yeah when the abs are one seed president trophy take it home
1: for sure all right that was episode four of season seven of the daily face off podcast presented to you by our friends at fan tracks boys it was another fun one it was another long one these ones are always the most fun episodes of the season and uh based on the listener count on the first one. It's You're going, going to be a them. great month of September, so thank you yeah. guys, as always, for tuning in. Again, we will probably be uh, a little sporadic in our release of these episodes, but we are planning on recording the next one this Sunday, so it should be available to you next Monday. Uh, we'll be talking about the right wings. Then we got the D, the goalies, some mock draft stuff to get to. The month of September rolls on. should be a great one. Hope you guys ha- enjoyed this show. I'm you We've got Dylan you, Michael Beavis, Bondi. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you guys back here next week. Going to go so much higher on right wing. Peace.
0: Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all.
2: yahoofinance.com.